Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. On this week's show, we're talking how Annihilation got annihilated at the box office. Women empowerment in superhero films, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and is it too late for us to get into Dungeons and Dragons? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back for another great episode of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you checking in with us and listening to the broadcast. And it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's the man who met the legend behind humanicamedia.com. You got to check out all their great stuff today on Humanica Media and all their great platforms on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and so much more. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend? Hey, hey, hey. I am. Um... Just still trying to process a certain movie I saw this weekend. I keep reading my review, and I'm reviewing my review, and I'm still reviewing the movie, and my head is about to explode. And that is Annihilation, and we'll talk more about that here in a sec. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking later on about a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and is it too late for us to get into Dungeons & Dragons? We've also got Rob McCallum standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. He's going to be with us talking about you know, some things he wants to chat about in pop culture. Plus also as well, we've got Nutty Nukchis from the Nutty Bites podcast. She's going to be talking to us later in the episode in regards to women empowerment in superhero films. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Annihilation. It appeared this past weekend as far as in theaters here in North America. Around the globe, it's still yet to be dispersed because it's actually going to be showing up in most markets overseas on Netflix right here in a little bit about two weeks from now. But also, I want to ask you, Josh, you've actually seen the film. You've actually reviewed the film for us, and you can actually catch josh's review of annihilation on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com josh what did you think of the movie i know you said your head was about to explode but really when it comes down to it you're not much different than a lot of other people who are saying what is this movie all about i don't know i still am having a hard time processing it it was the most beautiful movie that i just did not get I was a huge fan of Ex Machina. That was Alex Garland's last film. And I I want to say I'm a fan of this movie, but I don't know why I'm a fan. And I don't know. I still don't really know what the movie was trying to convey. So like 
I don't know what you know about the story, but they go into, uh, you know, there's a, a thing called the Shimmer and it's overtaking a big mass of land and this thing keeps expanding. And so that's why they're trying to send a team in because every team they've sent in before that has not come back. And uh, if they don't figure out what's going on with this thing soon, it's going to actually engulf most of the United States and, you know, assume the world. But, you know, they make it seem like it's this, you know, there are monsters inside the thing, according to the trailers. And, you know, there are some. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's about to go see it, but it's hard to even talk about without spoiling it. But, yeah, there were so many. Well, let's go into spoilers because I'm going to tell everyone out there it didn't perform well at the box office. It garnered a little bit over 10 million here domestically this past weekend, which compared to even game night which finished second at 19 million and of course both got trounced by black panther well over 100 million close to 110 million it wasn't even close so it probably will not be staying in theaters very long so if you want to go ahead and spoilers by all means josh so here's the thing it's i didn't actually think that it would do that well in theaters it would hit a certain niche crowd who's into like the you know the whole art house flicks but as far as reaching a, a broad audience, Ex Machina didn't really reach a broad audience, which you know is why it got nominated for an Academy Award. But well, I, and then I think that's why Paramount Studios it, it isn't being distributed worldwide by Paramount Studios, and that it's actually only being dealt with theatrically here in the United States and possibly a couple other markets like China. Most of the world will be catching it on Netflix here in about seventeen days. Right. And so that's my this is my warning to anyone who is going to see this movie. If you're going in expecting a monster flick like Godzilla or Kong Skull Island or something, it's not that. And if you're going in to expect an action film, uh, you know, starring a crew of really awesome women, it's not that. The women are pretty awesome in the movie. I'll give them that. But like, it's not an action movie. It's not a a creature feature. It's it really is just an, an intellectual mind melting movie and you know they they're playing on the the same theme that Villeneuve did with Arrival sort of but they do it a little bit better you know and they're talking about this idea that from what I understand the theme centers around creation but they do it in a way where like the the thing that is inside the shimmer is an alien and he is rewriting the DNA of living creatures so it, so he's just redoing like the code of everything is that correct but it's not just he's not keeping it specific to like animals and stuff like they they if you see in the trailers there's parts where there's like tree looking things that look like people that's because those things were people they once you're inside the shimmer and you're breathing in like whatever this alien is pumping out into the atmosphere you're starting to combine with nature. So there's like deers with flowers growing out of their antlers and there's crocodiles that have the weird like inside of the flower, like inside in its throat. And there's a bear that's like have something weird. And as it eats people, it consumes their essence. So like there's a part where they're all tied to these chairs because somebody goes crazy, spoiler alert. But every time it opens its mouth, you can hear the voice of one of the team members that they just lost because it absorbed a piece of that thing's conscience so like this alien is just messing with everything you know they they say something like it wants to annihilate life and just recreate stuff but you know again i i don't know if that's what it wanted i don't know if like uh, alex garland knew that that's what he wanted to happen or what was going on it ends with this weird you know it makes you think that the alien got out of the shimmer it also like tries to mold itself to look like Natalie Portman, but then it makes you think that she killed it and then she gets out and then her eyes are glowing like the, the creature inside. And it's just a really 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe this ending. Bizarre, perhaps? Yeah, it is really bizarre because the, the alien has no physical form. It's just like a, a shimmering mass, like inside of this hole in a, in a lighthouse where the meteor struck. And it's trying to become human. Like, it's, it shapes itself like Natalie Portman, then Oscar Isaac, and so on and so forth. But they make you think that it's dead, and then in the end, they like do these little things where the eyes glint, and you're like, "Oh wait, no, is that the the creature?" So it's truly bizarre, and I think they're trying so hard to be smart that Alex Garland didn't even understand. So I'm tempted to go out and pick up the the other two books just to see like if I can get some context here because it is part of a trilogy as far as the books are concerned. If somebody wants to go into it, I heard, and from most of the reviews, including yours, that I'm seeing, not all of it's taken from it. And it because of that, maybe that's causing why a lot of people are just trying to, are not, not really understanding or getting the entire picture when it comes to Annihilation. Right, because Alex Garland likes to mess with people. Like, he likes to take the ending that you expect and then make it unexpected. And I think he was trying so hard to be clever and artsy that he didn't quite understand that this wasn't going to sit well with audiences. And then there are people out there who are like, it's not meant to be understood, but what is the point? You know, if I wanted to be frustrated, I could have just stayed home and like watched the news or something. Well, I, I, that's the thing, because obviously it takes a little bit of cash to make that kind of movie. And I'm just concerned that when you go out and spend that kind of money to make a movie that not a whole lot of people get, then you're only ending up doing it for yourself and not the actual audience that you're trying to entertain. Or are you trying to entertain them if you're trying to inform them or anything? You're really just basically just leaving them confused and leaving them depressed as they leave the, the theater and the recommendations, word of mouth, just seems to go and spiral down from there, correct? Right, because this is the thing. Like, I don't know about you, but, you know, the casual filmgoer does not like to leave the movie theater frustrated. And the more people come out of this talking about, like, not understanding and having it, like, not be something that's easy to watch, I think less people are going to go see it. And this isn't one of those movies that's going to, like, you know, do slightly less than it did the weekend before. I think it's going to be one of those movies that does drastically less than what it did the weekend before. And that's a, already a steep drop already because it, like I said, it domestically here at the box office here in the U.S., it actually only garnered a little bit over $10 million. And uh, compared to Black Panther, which now has garnered over $700 million worldwide, did again, like I said, about a big number 110 million dollars domestically which is one of the biggest second weekends ever in u.s domestic history it's you know it's just going to get lost in the shuffle even quicker because of its weird and strange format and the way it leaves moviegoers as far as the way they perceive the film they can take something like game night which has got actually fairly good reviews from across the board and actually you got a decent cinema score as far as that as well and people are going to be able to go ahead and ease into that if they want a movie after black panther until let's say they want you know the movies come out like death wish red sparrow which are coming out very soon or also as well pacific rim uprising or anything else that's coming out in march 
they're going to want to go ahead and ease into something like game night as opposed to annihilation if they're just want to check out a, a movie in the afternoon right and here's the sad part about annihilation is that it only you know had a budget of 55 million dollars and that's you know compared to some of the big big players out there that's not really that much money but you know making slightly north of 10 million dollars on opening weekend does not spell good things for the future of this movie no maybe that's why they after seeing it the people responsible the production company whatnot actually signed that deal maybe very smartly with netflix outside the u.s so that they can get that at least that safe money that they possibly could not get if they released it worldwide theatrically because as you said they've already got th that investment that they're losing on because not only is it a 55 60 million dollar production cost but you got consider almost double that when you consider a marketing plan things of that nature so a hundred million dollars already may be in the red before we even release it to theaters so maybe that's a good thing that netflix picked up on it and picked up that similar to what they did with the cloverfield movie that just came out uh, as well that movie wasn't going to perform well at all at box office and the producers behind that jj abrams and whatnot really were smart in going ahead and, and putting that straight to netflix should this have come straight to netflix across the board i'm beginning to think that that might have been the case and would have been a better direction because as as you and i both are seeing that it's something that not a whole lot of people are understanding entirely people leaving confused frustrated and that's not going to bode well for the future of Annihilation. What are your thoughts on Annihilation? Josh's review is up on our popculturecosmos.wordpress.com site. You heard his thoughts. Do you have any thoughts of your own? Are you actually going to still check out the movie in theaters? Or are you going to wait until it comes to Netflix, whether you're outside of the U.S. markets or, or what have you? Or are you going to wait here in the U.S. until it hits DVD, video rentals, and check it out then? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Josh, I mentioned real quickly that Black Panther has garnered over $700 million worldwide, which means it's a great feat indeed that a billion dollars is right around the corner and looks more and more like a sure thing every day. Your thoughts? Yeah, from what I understand, people are still going to see it. It's still doing well. Like I was talking to someone who said they'd seen it four times already. So apparently it's one of those ones that's good for repeat viewings, but also it has the it has the power, definitely has the power of the critics on its side. Whereas, you know, you have something like Avengers Age of Ultron, which got bashed by critics, but it's still a fun movie to watch. Um, you know, in this case, you have Black Panther, which is it's it's a fun movie to watch, but it's also being loved by critics. So it has a lot of things going for it. And I don't expect to see it like fizzle out anytime soon. I think we're going to see pretty strong like it's going to it's going to be comfortably in theaters i think at least until you know we start approaching the coming weeks for infinity war let me ask you in this and i i saw this on twitter and this was brought up a very good question i know it's february but this time last year there was a actually a great film that came out that stayed in the consciousness of academy voters and stayed in the public eye when it came to how well that movie was made and that movie is Get Out. This movie right here is being praised across the board. 
97% on Rotten Tomatoes. You actually gave it on our site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. You gave it uh, a nine out of 10, four and a half stars out of five. So I ask you, could this be a movie this time next year be considered for an Academy Award? See, that's a tough question. I don't think it should win an Academy Award. I, But in the nomination, which, as you and I both know, is really, really difficult for a superhero movie to be even considered in that light. Yeah, it is. And if any superhero movie did get considered, it would be this. But, you know, like I said, I don't think that it should win an Academy Award. It was a fun superhero movie to watch. And, yeah, it's got Im- important social stuff in it. We're not overlooking that fact, but... You know, it's not it it doesn't do any like get out get out was groundbreaking and th- like the the messages in that were were done in such a clever, crafty, like psychological way that it deserved the nominations it got. Like this, I, I get I don't want to sound like bad, but I don't think it really has really earned it. Like if it if it does get nominated, I don't think it's earned it. I think that, you know, get out was a very clever movie, very well done, very artsy. This is just a superhero movie. You know, the only thing that makes it stand out is the fact that it has an all African-American cast. For me, I think it it may sustain the momentum. Uh, I think people are going to keep it in the limelight. And I think it will be strongly considered if it is a uh, maybe a down year as far as a lot of movies not coming out with uh, any great expectations. I think last year is something like that. A lot of movies... Dunkirk, Get Out, movies that were made several months before the Christmas season that were released got consideration and got nominated, you know, partly because of the fact that I didn't think there was a strong crop of movies for it to go against. Now, if there's a string of really, really successful and really high rated films closer to the end of the year, Maybe Black Panther may not be able to see that nomination, which a lot of people are, are actually starting to push for already. But if it is a weak year, you you could be seeing a lot of people really getting behind Black Panther as a nominated film for Golden Globe or Oscar time. So that's just my opinion. I, I really think it's a, it's a great film. Is it a film of the year? We, we don't know yet. I mean, it's just February. So there's a lot of other films to go. So we'd have to wait and see. But there could be a big push behind it and the way it's set up or whatnot as far as the cultural influences and things of that nature. But I think there will be a push at the end of the year for this film to try and make it and squeeze into one of those nominations. There's now seven or eight nominations that are allowed, so it, it could garner one, and that would be a big win for the, the social ramifications of a superhero film being nominated as well. What are your thoughts on Black Panther being possibly nominated down the road for an Academy Award? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. It's going to be a great show we have for you today. Josh and I will be back talking some Sonic the Hedgehog. And also as well, is it too late for us to get into Dungeons & Dragons? We'll answer that question a little bit later on. And also we will have Rob McCallum coming by very soon in the Cosmic Crossfire and Nutty Nuchus from the Nutty Bites podcast. She's going to be stopping by talking women empowerment in superhero films as well. It's going to be a great episode we have for you today. But first, it all starts off with our good friend Chad and Hyperschmidt. And this is Find You 
and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. I needed the truth. I'm looking for you. I'm waiting for you. I know that I found a song in the sound. A moment for me. I've tried it for she. She needs you more than you know. To know she won't be let go. We're so much more than their goals. A keeper. listening to the pop culture cosmos on march 30th get ready for kitty origins evolutions the latest documentary from rob mcgallum thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years kitty has defied industry norms fought back against women and rock stereotypes and inspired generations since they appeared and now for the first time they've decided to share their untold story Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. 
Pre-order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Kitty Origins Evolutions drops March 30th, 2018. And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to thank you for sticking around and, and listening to the show. Well, he's back again. It's Rob McCallum. So pray tell, Rob, what is on your mind when it comes to pop culture? Talking about things that are thematically uh, evolved and, and maybe a little bit off the kilted path is a new David Letterman series that we talked about briefly a few episodes ago, and it's called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, which of course is his famous throw-to line when he was hosting uh, Late Night with David Letterman. He would always introduce his next guest. My next guest needs no introduction, and then you know proceed to introduce him with uh, or her with a few uh, key points that, that were relevant at the time. Does this work, this kind of format for David Letterman and the world that we live in as an interview chat show in about an hour long on a streaming site. This this kind of reminds me of a Charlie Rose where it's an in-depth conversation. But now this is a little bit more, whereas Charlie Rose, I would say, is a little bit more serious. This is a little bit more comedic or tongue-in-cheek. And Letterman is picking the guests himself as people that he finds to be impressed with or he admires. I like the Inside the Actor Studio. That's probably my favorite of those type of formatted shows. I know that David Letterman's show has gotten off to a little bit of a rocky start because uh, I know from what seen on reviews and whatnot, they're mixed and they're all over the place. But the, uh, when it all comes down to it, you know, I'm kind of a numbers guy. What does the numbers articulate as far as do are people watching it? I know a lot of people tuned into his first conversation with Obama. I don't know if, uh, how many people have followed up with the George Clooney interview, and I don't know how many people are going to go for the other, what, six interviews? Is that correct? There's, there's six in total. Yeah, so I, I don't know how long of a sustaining series it's going to be. Obviously, a lot of people will just see it just because of who he's talking to. But uh, yeah, I know as far as the format is concerned, it and the results have been kind of mixed from what I've seen as far as reactions from TV critics, both for and against the product as far as what I've seen so far. I have seen bits and pieces of the Obama and also the George Clooney interviews. Mostly it seems to be like they're poking fun at David's kind of quote unquote retirement at this point in time. And obviously the beer jokes are flying and whatnot, but does it really get into the heart of the matter? Does it really have sustaining conversations that, that are meaningful, especially because the individuals that are there are newsworthy and are usually quote-worthy when it comes to what they have to say? But I haven't really heard that much as far as things coming out of it that are really just resonating with uh, out there in the public. Well, I mean, I've seen both episodes that are out currently with President Barack Obama and George Clooney, and I appreciate them at least on the level of, you know, a podcast like Pop Culture Cosmos that I will return back to, to to listen, to to hear more, both about the host and the guest, probably 60-40 in, in favor of the guest. I, I am a Letterman fan, so it is interesting to hear little tidbits uh, be revealed of him because that isn't something you typically get throughout the years. 
So I do find that fascinating. Now, one discrepancy I would say that is that separates the two episodes that are out there is the Barack Obama one was essentially all on stage in this theater that seems to be the backdrop for for the new series. Whereas the Clooney one had had a number of cutaways with Letterman going out with a film crew to Clooney's uh, parents' house and seeing where he grew up in the town where he is. So there was there was a, basically a new element thrown in with with the Clooney. Uh, episode that wasn't part of the Barack Obama. Well, now maybe that's logistics. It's hard to get a former president of the United States to do this kind of running gun tour of whatever. But uh, did you, let me ask you this: Did you like that format when they when he did it more in the George Clooney realm, or did you like it a straightforward like he did with Obama? I I kind of go either way. Like I I liked it because it's it's a conversation between two people I find interesting and want to know more about, and what can I learn in the moment from these people. Uh, to see some of the stuff with Clooney was interesting and see his house and meet his parents and learn about them and then see them, uh, I thought was was nice. But at the same time, I really liked just the, the straight up conversation when it was direct. And I don't know that the handoffs, the back and forth between the, the stage conversation, the conversation on stage with Clooney, and then the cut to this kind of on the fly observational discussion with Letterman in his home. and whatnot. I don't know that that was as successful but I think they both work in, in different ways. So it would be interesting to see if it continues in other episodes, if it's just a matter of access or if it's just, okay, it was just the Clooney episode. We tried this. We didn't like it. We stopped. What's more interesting to me about this program, my next guest needs no introduction, is that it's being rolled out once a month. I think that it would be more successful and easier to wrap your head around if it was you know, once a week or all at once in the traditional Netflix things, it's a hard to get in, you know, excited about, Oh, here's the next Letterman episode because you know, the last one didn't sit with me and I got to think about it. Do I want to make time for this again? But maybe it's easier because I don't got to set aside six hours to do it. I don't know. I'm, I'm like a lot like yourself who listens to a lot of podcasts and hopefully our listeners, I like to consume a lot of the same kind of content in bursts. You know, if I'm listening to podcasts, it's going to be a podcast day. Then I'm going to, you know, go play video games or go watch a movie or do editing. I like to do things in chunks. So I would like to see a more compressed schedule for this to be rolled out than the, than what there is. And I think that's the biggest problem versus a format or the actual guests themselves. But if you have any questions for us in the Cosmic Crossfire, just want to give us a heads up. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and Rob McCallum Films on Facebook and Twitter as well. If you get a chance, again, check out all the great stuff at robmccallumfilms.com and you will be going towards a great cause and a lot of great projects that are coming up for this man right here, Rob McCallum. Thanks very much, sir. And until next time. Until next time, this has been a part of the Cosmic Crossfire. And Rob, as always, it's great to have you on the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Josh, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So before I give everyone a shout out on what's going on with us here at Pop Culture Cosmos, please let everyone know you've got a lot of great things going on with your great stop known as Humanica Media. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we just put out a brand new episode of Topicocalypse less than an hour ago. So you can check that out now. And that's about 
all of the great TV shows you might not be watching, which was encouraged by, or not encouraged, but which was a uh, prompted by somebody saying, man, we're not going to see another new episode of Game of Thrones for a very long time. So there are other options out there. We also have a brand new episode of the Super BS Games cast, which was released on Thursday, I want to say, and that sees the return of our segment, The Stock Corner, and a little bit of our thoughts on Kingdom Come Deliverance, as well as uh, EA potentially losing its contract with Star Wars. I, I've known that. I've seen, the, I've seen the rumors now for about uh, seven to ten days. I do want to comment on that publicly with you. Uh, as far as one of our segments until it was something a little bit more solidified, but it is a, a hot rumor out there and it could be very definitely warranted. Uh, and if I was Activision or Ubisoft or Bethesda, I would really want to jump on that one. Ooh, but does Bethesda have enough time to make a Star Wars game? Well, that's that's true. You know, just think of an open world Star Wars game, but it would take them forever to do it, but definitely would get the results that they would be looking for. That actually sounds very nice. I wouldn't do 2K because that 2K would absolutely take forever. Oh, yeah. At least not until they put out Borderlands 3, which could be, uh, you know, 2029 for all we know. Yes, yes. So anything else going on? Uh, yeah, we have a new episode of What About This dropping next week, but that's that's it for now. All right, that's a lot of things right there for you. Want to check that out today, humanicamedia.com. For us as well on the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse, our Friday show, you got to check us out streaming all over the world, seven days a week on internet radio stations. On Sundays, we're on in the UK, our latest radio station, Airwave Radio. Just want to thank them so much in the UK. We truly appreciate you joining up with us on the Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse. Also as well, the Good Talk radio station. Want to thank them so much for Sunday nights playing us as well. On Mondays, it's our original home, the Podcast Radio Network. We truly appreciate, as always, being a part of there. It started it all, and we cannot thank them enough. Croc Radio in Canada, Buddy Gold just does a great job with Croc Radio as well. I want to thank them so much. Plus also Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting and also Gray Cloud Radio as well. That's our Monday night schedule. On Tuesday nights, it's Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting. On Wednesday, you want to check us out on Gray Cloud Radio. Thursday's Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting. Friday, it's the episode that drops from the PCC Multiverse, and that's going to be on Croc Radio and the Podcast Radio Network. And Gray Cloud Radio it has an airing of Pop Culture Cosmos as well. And Saturday, Gray Cloud Radio again plays us as well. So seven days a week, we truly appreciate it. And also, you can download our shows at any point in time if you subscribe to our channels on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, the Gunna Geek Network, the Tangibound Network, the ESO Network, and over a dozen more podcast networks. So, Josh, I know you read also as well, we were talking about some things and rumors flying as far as in the video game world. Did you get a chance to check out the rumor that there is possibly in production a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I did, and I wanted to ask you this. Do you think that this is just a response to the Super Mario film? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's, for whatever reason, it's that old Sega-Nintendo rivalry coming back to fruition. You know, I still want to read the book of the Sega-Nintendo rivalry from the 90s, and I believe, 
hopefully one day, I think Seth Rogen was still working on a film adaptation for that book, if I remember correctly. But yes, uh, I think it is a response to it. You and I both know at this point in time, the Sonic the Hedgehog popularity is not at nearly at the level it once was. And I think if it did come to fruition, it would suffer badly unless it was put on a smaller format, like a streaming service, if it went straight to there instead of straight to theaters. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog is like the the in-sync of video games. Like, just the the idea of having them come back now is just not really that appealing. And every time they try to like remaster Sonic or bring him out with something new, it just ends up not like being the best. So I, though you know, the last Sonic game, uh, what Sonic All Sonic All Stars was that the one? No, I think there was Sonic Rush, or, or I believe as well. The last one, I think, did fairly well, uh, and we're not talking about to mobiles. We're actually talking about the last console release. You know, the the one with the 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 side scroller, the one that had like all the old Sonics on there, like that. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. But like they they need to do something like what they did with Mario. If they're going to be reinventing Sonic, they need to like bring this whole world to life. Like we yeah, we know Sonic can run and make him run, but bring us some kind of open world concept like super mario odyssey had and i think that is what could bring it back because as a kid like i i love sonic i love that world he was in i, I remember they had like two different versions of the sonic cartoon on and i always loved like one was like super dark and that was always the one that i loved to watch as a kid so i just don't see this like being a great movie especially because it's going to be made to cater to kids and that kind of worries me and it, it's like yeah, maybe there's a time when we will want a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but don't put it out just because there's a Super Mario movie on the horizon. What are your thoughts on a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Are you really interested in it? Are, are you do you really even care? Do you are you really looking forward to the Super Mario movie instead as an alternative and a great idea for a movie this time around? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we've got a lot of great things to talk about with Nutty Nukchis. She is from the Nutty Bites podcast. She does a great job with that show, and you, you got to listen to her talk about women empowerment in superhero films. And you'll hear that right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey everyone, it's Rob McCallum and I'm back with a new series that centers on the world of crowdfunding. I call it Backed or Busted. It's real simple. Every week I take a Shark Tank-like look at live campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo and determine if they should be backed or if they're busted. If they should be backed, then I invest in the project, plunk down real money, and become a backer. If the project doesn't cut it, then it gets no love from me and I label it Busted for the entire world to see. In addition, you'll discover amazing new projects, inventive products, creative endeavors, and you'll see what works and what doesn't work in the multi-billion dollar crowdfunding industry that makes turning your dream project into a reality more than possible. So check out Backed or Busted episodes at facebook.com slash backed or busted crowdfunding. And if you want me to help your campaign become truly awesome, send me a message. That's backed or busted at facebook.com slash backed or busted crowdfunding. And we're back. This is once again, Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly want to thank you for sticking around and listening in on the show. 
And I'll tell you what, it's a great time for superhero movies indeed with all the stuff that's going on with the huge success of Black Panther, Wonder Woman, and also as well Captain Marvel coming up and even a Black Widow movie on the horizon that's pretty much a done deal from what I hear with the rumors abound. I just had this feeling come over me to, to see what we could do to talk about the empowerment of women on film when it comes to superhero movies, because this is something that's long overdue. We're obviously seeing it now with the Dora Milaje in Black Panther, and then also as well, like I said, with Wonder Woman. And who better to talk to than someone who really is into pop culture? She is the host of the Nutty Bites podcast. You got to catch it today on nimlas.org, N-I-M-L-A-S.org. It's Nutty Nukchas. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I, I really appreciate coming by. And I really want to get a perspective from, from people who are really into the, the superhero environment and pop culture like my co-host Josh and I are. But to get it from a woman's perspective, not only just the fact that I have two daughters that are so huge into Marvel right now, and I hear their perspective all the time, but I wanted to know exactly your thoughts on exactly the environment and landscape as opposed to what the, the old past and, and what is expected now from, from everyone in regards to women in superhero movies going forward. Well, there's also there's one thing that you forgot to mention, and it's it's not a movie, but it's a TV show. Jessica Jones is oh, yeah, absolutely. huge this past year. And I think that that has been a big influence. I mean, we've got Wonder Woman making a big splash. We've got Jessica Jones making a big splash. And Black Panther with all of the female empowerment that's going on over there. Important because it's not white females, which is great. <laughs> At the Dora Milaje, absolutely. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, need I, we both forget, although sometimes people seem to have a tendency to forget the CW with Supergirl, Supergirl. and all the great 15,000 DC uh, shows that they have on there. But uh, actually, it is a great time for women empowerment. And I want to just know. What is so encouraging about what's going on in today's superhero realm? So it's encouraging, but at the same time, there's a bit of not enough that's going on. I mean, how long have we been asking for a Black Widow movie? I think it's been asked since the first Avengers. And, you know, there was a huge controversies going on where you would go and you'd bond to buy the toys and it would have all the Avengers but no Black Widow. And Black Widow can show up in everybody else's movie, but she can't get her own. That and, was, yeah, and that's, I will tell you a story that, that has, that's how my girls got involved so heavily with Marvels. They saw that, that tremendous scene that she's in in the Avengers when they were very young and they saw her climb onto the Shintari uh, ship and, and take it over and fly that herself. And they, you know, right there and then they were just fell in love with the Marvel product. And you were talking about Age of Ultron with the toy set involved that in the movie, she comes out of it in the toy. She doesn't. Yeah. And uh, there's there's so many times that you've got these things happening. Uh, one of the things that was really exciting, by the way, I was at a store the other day and I saw that there was a Black Panther set. And I said, look, look, there's they included the women. This is amazing. You know, finally, uh, how many times that you go and buy an Avengers T-shirt and it's missing Black Widow? A uh, 
member of my family has a child who is on the spectrum and he loves the Avengers. And even he notices that somebody's missing. And so he loves the one that has them all on there. And you need to have everyone on the team. And it's infuriating when somebody who is so core to the team is left out. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But every now and then in pop culture, we get these bursts of female empowerment. Um, in the 90s, we had Buffy. You know, we had Xena. We had some really uh, good, positive role models. And then it kind of crept back a little. Every time yeah. that we go, you know, as they say, two steps forward. Hopefully it's only one step back, but sometimes it's two steps back. Yeah, actually, Hercules was being mentioned first and yeah. foremost and, and more prominent. Then all of a sudden, the ratings started to turn out uh, and turn around towards Xena. And at the end, Xena was much higher rated than what Hercules was doing. It was a much better show than Hercules. And I, I love them both. I mean, I watched I watched the original movies that Kevin Sorbo made before it became a full series. So I was into that right from the get-go. But Xena, as soon as she was on the scene, it was, boom, that is, that is a fantastic character. And Lucy Lawless played her so well. And it really gave people somebody to look at and say, this is really interesting. And part of the, the thing that I think uh, works is, you know, with Hercules, it was an adaptation of an established character. I mean, even though he's nothing like Hercules from the myths with Xena, they got to create their whole backstory. They got to do everything that they wanted to do. And that was really fantastic. But you have to remember, she was originally just a guest star. And then she got her own show. And it, it was so fantastic of a guest star that people wanted to see more of that. Absolutely. So, like I said, in the 90s, we had a little bit of this and then things went back and and it feels frustrating because we're constantly having to fight for this. So anytime the ball st starts to get rolling, we want more. We want to see more of it. Wonder Woman was fantastic because it wasn't just, oh, it's a female superhero. It was, no, it's not just her. She's not the token female which is what happens in a lot of these movies i mean if you look at the golden age comics i mean you've got a group the justice league there's one woman you know you've got the avengers there's one woman you you, you look at all of these different groups you know i mean even the fantastic four it's three guys and one woman so there's this tokenism there's a there's a name for that i forget what it is but it, it the the theory is rests on the whole like smurfette complex or the miss piggy complex you know they're all men and then there's just one one woman. Whereas in Wonder Woman, yes, she was going to go and she was going to join a group of men, but she came from an island of women and they got that right, according to uh, the comics. And not just getting that, that little backstory, we got to see a battle with them and we got to see older women. We got to see women that weren't in their 20s fighting and kicking butt uh, when 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 Robin Wright lands and there's thigh jiggle, it's fantastic because so often when there are female superheroes, they're there to titillate. They're there to wear the tiny costumes. If you've ever seen, there's this um, uh, meme called the Hawkeye Initiative, and it's basically taking covers of comic books of female characters and it's hawkeye drawn doing those poses and they look ridiculous you know there's the the classic mary jane from spider-man sitting in an impossible way holding this coffee cup or the um 
spider Gwen with her butt in the air and like almost a Valena pose. And it's ridiculous. So you've got Hawkeye doing that, that pose, which points out the absurdity of it. So often these comic book characters, it's their, well, what's their outfit look like? Are they hot? Oh, they have to be wearing high heels because that makes sense. And, and it's, it's very frustrating. So to see this, this older woman, land and and have a full shot of her thigh jiggling it's not something that we're used to seeing and we need to see more of that and like i said earlier with black panther we're seeing now it's not just white women that are getting the representation because apparently pop culture seems to think oh we we we're talking about women as long as they're all white you know and 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 that's not good enough i actually am sad that the miss marvel is going to be Carol Danvers, because I would love to see a Kamala Khan movie. You give me a Kamala Khan movie, I would lose it. Or give me a CW series with Kamala Khan. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I hear you. And I'll tell you what, as I said in our previous episodes where we talk and review Black Panther, both Josh and I, I did say that the Dora Milaje is one of the highlights of the actual movie itself. They just created an environment, and obviously Angela Bassett, she's she's just you know inc- always incredible, radiant on screen as always. Just it is truly a tremendous performance as well. Yeah, it's it, you know this this is the kind of stuff that we need to see. And getting back to the whole idea of it not being there, you know, the characters not being there to titillate but to serve a purpose. Jessica Jones, she wears boots, jeans and a leather jacket for most of her series. It's it's not about a st- skin tight costume. It's not about looking perfect. It's it fits the character and that's what I want to see. Black Panther, you've got the characters, everything is fitting. Um there's that one conversation of you would you would make a great queen if you weren't so stubborn. And it's no, I I would make a great queen because I am stubborn. And then he starts to, you know, argue and she's like, "But only if I wanted." to be queen. And there's so many layers right there. That's what we need to see. You know, we need, we need more of all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, it is Nutty Nuches. You got to catch her great Nutty Bites podcast when it comes around or when you actually get a chance to see it on nimless.org. That's N-I-M-L-A-S.org. Any last thoughts on the way out or anything else that you're working on? Because when looking at your bio, it's got you going a blogger, podcaster, yeah. editor, you know, it's like a, a lady of all traits. Uh, you know, you got to tell everybody else what's going so, on. Uh, in your world. Currently, we are in the middle of a project I like to call daily creativity. So for the extent of Lent, every day I create a piece of art. And I post it on my blog and you can see all of the different drawings and paintings and various pieces of art that I have made. And the rules are, as long as I haven't spent more than a single day working on it, I can post it up there. Now, generally, I'm not going to spend the whole day working on this art, but it's one of these things where I've got a lot of pieces where I'll work on it and then I'll come back to it later and then I'll work on it, come back to it. Those don't make the daily creativity. These are all just very fresh, very one day kind of things. And a lot of it has to do with like what I've been thinking about that day and what's going on. Some of them are totally light and fluffy. It's like I'm drawing my dragon dressed as a superhero. You got to see him. He's all the different Avengers and uh, he's fantastic. I think one of my favorites is he's dressed as Deadpool and Deadpool is dressed as him. 
and uh, they're posing together for a selfie. It's a lot of fun. And then some of them are a lot more serious. I've got some uh, really nice figure studies and I've got some really intense shading work done on like various animals. I've got some trippy elements going on. Everything's different. It, it just depends on my mood and what I'm feeling that day. So go check that out at nimlas.org. Uh, you can find everything that you need to find up there. You just look for the different section, Daily Creativity. You just click on that and you'll go there. Uh, you can find my podcast, Nutty Bites. And one of the little projects that we've been working on there is we're doing uh, something called an intro cast where somebody who hasn't seen something ever before is being introduced to it. And so my co-host and I, Tech, we had never seen the Studio Ghibli movies and we're being introduced to them by the hosts of the Talk Nerdy to Me crew. So every month or two months or whatever, you know, whenever we can get around to watching a movie, we get together, we watch Studio Ghibli movie and then we record our reactions to it with longtime fans. And it's a lot of fun. And with Nutty Bites, we just finished recording an episode about movie adaptations, books or movies, you know, which are better and we talk about some movies that are actually better than the books and some books that are better than the movie. And uh, yeah, we always got different topics going on, but you can also find links to the other podcasts that I do. Game of Thrones stuff. I've done music shows. I'm guesting everywhere. I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> there you go. She's in demand indeed. Once again, it's Nutty Nuxious. You can find all of her great stuff today on nimlas.org. That's N-I-M-L-A-S.org. Nutty, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and you're always welcome back to talk about anything in pop culture. That'd be great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much again, and we truly appreciate you being part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glass for Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to thank you so much for listening, along with my good friend Josh Peterson of Humanity Media. Want to thank so much Nutty Nuchis from the Nutty Bites podcast. You want to check out again her great show today. Also, as well, we've got our good friend Rob McCallum and robmccallumfilms.com. Josh, before we head on out, I want to ask you a question. Is it too late and are we too old to be playing Dungeons and Dragons? No. No. I mean, yeah, like when you look at it, like a lot of people don't really understand it. Like they don't understand how fun it is. I think that like Stranger Things kind of brought a weird like resurgence in the whole tabletop role playing type scenarios. But why? Like why? Because this is a weird question because like a. We on the what about this? I recorded. Uh, we were talking about Disneyland and why there are just some people who can't just open their imaginations to the possibilities that Disneyland has to offer. Like for me, when I first sat down to play Dungeons and Dragons, well, now I'm on to Numenera, but like when I first sat down to play Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, this is really stupid. But then, like, I started to get enveloped in the story that these people are creating, and I'm like, oh, this is this is really cool. And I, I, 
I look like an idiot doing this, but like this is a lot of fun. I'm 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 okay with this. And you know, it just the only thing standing in the way of somebody having a good time playing something like Dungeons and Dragons is the person playing or the person you know refusing to play because they think it's stupid. Or the dungeon master if they're not really very good. Or the dungeon master if they're not very good, or if they're um just far too good. So yeah, no, it's the the only person standing in the way of enjoying of like you and enjoying Dungeons and Dragons is you. Like it's it's like being in one of those places. It's like being in church, you know, and you see people like men hugging each other and you're like I can't do that. And then but the only person really stopping you from like hugging another man is you. <laughs> if that makes sense. That makes sense indeed. I can tell you way back when before you were born, Shani, that uh, I used to play Dungeons & Dragons a little bit. And I remember one of the first times I played, we were one of those crew that just drove the Dungeon Master just absolutely insane because me and another player, we decided to go ahead and and just have a lot of fun with it. And just instead of just trying to, maybe where should I go next? Or, Or did I get into a trap or anything like that? Or what kind of treasure did I get? We were like, roll the dice. Okay. I want my 10,000 followers to go ahead and beat up on his 10,000 followers. And then he would go, I want my 10,000 followers to push him off the castle and into the moat full of crocodiles. And we would just be going that back and forth for for like 10, 15 minutes. And I will tell you something in my entire life. Have I never laughed any harder? I laughed so hysterically that I actually, uh, had hiccups for the rest of the day and i was hoarse from from laughing so much because it was just so much fun playing and and just messing around and just pretty much coming up with every wild scenario possible while you were playing the game now that's obviously the extreme if you're not playing seriously but that's if you're playing casually with a group of friends and everybody after we stopped frustrating the dungeon master actually everyone ended up having a great time I will say this, if people get a chance, they should go out of the way to find podcasts that do have those adventure Dungeons & Dragons playthroughs or even the Twitch playthroughs that you can actually catch as well, just to see what it's like to see if it's something that you can get back into. But to answer our original question, I think Josh said it best. No, it's never too late to get into Dungeons & Dragons if you're interested and involved man or woman it doesn't really matter just go for it have some fun and enjoy it and and be part of the action once again it's still a lot to get into and and it's a lot of fun to play yeah shout out to montico games like he's gone from dungeons and dragons and has actually made quite a few like pretty fun stuff like we're on to numenera and uh you know you're talking about like having a good time and laughing we do we played on the super bs games cast like we've recorded one time of us playing this game but like Ryan has a character who his only concern in life is like one of his big character traits is he just wants to impress women. So like we'll have this these like situations where you have to go in and like save a bunch of villagers and he goes I jump over the old villagers and I'm just doing sweet tricks and all the women are like yeah. That's too funny. That's too funny. And like I said, that's the best part of playing Dungeons Dragons or Luminera or any games like that is where you can just come out with something out of left field and just throw it out there. And it's either going to frustrate everyone or just make them all laugh because, and more, more than likely it'll make them do that. Because again, 
when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, it's a lot of fun. What are your thoughts on Dungeons and Dragons? Are you still interested in playing it? Are you playing it now? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, I know on Friday's show, the PCC Multiverse, we're going to be talking about the Oscars. That's going to be coming up this time next weekend. So I know you and I are going to have almost like the old Siskel and Ebert days where if we picked the Oscars, we would give our choices and then also what most likely will be the odds on favorites as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. And don't forget to check out our friends at the TVRatingsGuide.com. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television. I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on The Geekly Oddcast. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to Voice from the Underground. The podcast hosted by TJ Johnson with Big Haas and Dutch. Welcome to the underground. Ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your set. Yes. It is I, TJ Johnson, along with my man Jason, and we got Big Haas with us, not with us, with us, but he's still with us. You're going to see how for another wonderful edition of Voice from the Underground, the podcast. Jason, what's going on, bro? Yellow, yellow, yeah. He's uh, Haas not with us physically here, but we'll hear from him <laughs> in a bit, in a different way. No, 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 and that's okay, because we're going to keep him with us in spirit and in in ideology, I've, I've got a feeling that his segment is going to be a revolutionary. Is that a good word? That's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah, it'll be about as, maybe as revolutionary as Killmonger, eh? You know, that brings up a very valid, valid, valid topic of discussion. Hmm. Did you know that there was a movie that came out last, uh, last weekend? Did you hear about it? 
You might not have heard about it. You know, don't answer that question. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some movie with Oprah and Mindy. Yeah, something, something about a, a fairy tale. No, no, that's definitely not what the hell we're talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys haven't heard from me multiple times in multiple podcasts now, Black Panther uh, <laughs> was a very, very big deal. And guess what? It kind of just released. Kind of just came out last uh, last Friday. It's been having you know soft releases all last week and you know viewing parties last week. But it officially released in theaters on Friday or Thursday night, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> I have seen that yeah, movie. Pretty now. good movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's okay. I've only seen it three <laughs> times. Well, the amazing thing is not that you've seen it three times, but that you've mm-hmm. seen it three times in six business days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I found a way to make it work. So I seen it Friday and then I seen it Sunday and then I seen it today, too. Let me let me ask you a question, because I literally okay. just saw the movie um, 20 minutes before we fired up the podcast. So it's really fresh with me right now. And just for the listener, we're not going to give away any spoilers today. So don't worry about that. Um we have that show set up for Saturday. So tune in with us Saturday if you want to hear spoilers. Don't we have a special? We got something special going on Saturday, too, outside of that. We got somebody with us. Are we gonna, we're not going to reveal that yet. No, I think, I think we Just can reveal that, yeah. You're going you gonna to reveal it? Bust it out. Who's coming? We're going to have our buddy Imran on from uh, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and That's speaking of good up. friend podcasts, uh, you were on the Pop Culture Cosmos with... Gerald Glassford again the other day. What? Those guys actually invited me back. What the hell? I don't know what these guys are thinking having me on their podcast. I keep trying to tell them, stop feeding me. I keep coming back. I'm like the damn fat cats. <laughs> yeah, and just by the way, I just want to say thanks to Gerald. He did invite me on the show as well. I just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really wasn't mm-hmm. able to make it work. Okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, absolutely. He's He's such a... He's such a damn likable guy. He really is. He really is. It's yeah, that's hard why I don't care for him too much because he's such a nice guy. <laughs> you know what? I, I can see that dichotomy. You sound very Eric Killmongery, but we're gonna let that go for right now. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. But yes, Black Panther was absolutely awesome. Um, I think in its four day release, it's already done like more than Justice League did in its entire domestic run. It's got the second highest four day release in history. I don't know if that's good for Black Panther or or just bad for Justice League. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a lot of bit of both, to be honest with you. Because I'm still really irritated about you should be. You know how that you should whole be. movie turned out, and just where DC's at in, in general bothers me. Everybody should, that's a DC fan should be irritated about Justice League, but that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that Black Panther. I want to say it's at about 290 million right now. Jeez, yeah. In four days. I mean, I I really enjoyed the movie. I went with my wife. You know, the kids have not gone to see it yet. You know, I really don't have anything comp- to complain about. There was nothing I can point to and say mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, that sucked or that was stupid. The cultural messages were pretty clear. I, I, I probably need a little bit of time to unpack the whole thing uh, before I can really say for sure. But I'm having a tough time deciding if this is my favorite Marvel movie or not. But I can definitely tell you it's in the top three. We'll probably have to see it one or two more times before I can make a decision for sure. But I will say this, I did watch the other day I saw uh, Winter Soldier again. Probably only like the second time I've seen that movie. Really? Um, yeah, it, it, it may have been the third time 
that I've seen the movie in total. Okay. But kind of forgot how really good that movie is and how amazing Robert Redford was as a villain in that movie. It's just, he just did a fantastic job. You know, to be clear for me, um, Black Panther sits at number two, only second to Winter Soldier. Oh, really? Um, Okay. Robert Redford, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Robert Redford was really good, but to be very clear, Killmonger was better. I absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is a hell of an actor. Yes, he he was good as a good guy, but as a bad guy, he is absolutely tremendous. Yes, I mean, he's going to end up being a an antagonist again in something else because he was that good. He he blew me away. I would say right now he's already my favorite Marvel villain. Just I feel comfortable saying that just off the one movie. I mean, they allowed you to have some empathy for his character. Oh, they didn't have to try very hard. It was. Now, very... I'm not sure how much empathy you would really have for someone who did those things in in real, yeah. in a real life scenario. I understand why they did it for the movie, but he was awesome. I mean, he's a really good actor. I mean, he was really the only thing that was any good in that Fantastic Four movie. I was really, really <laughs> pleasantly surprised by his performance in Creed. I thought he was really awesome in that movie. Actually, yes, that movie yes. in itself was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And he was a big part of that. So Yes, yes, he was. Fruit of yeah. Val Station, all of that. Yeah, Fruit of Station, I mean, he was all right. I, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. I know a lot of people really love no, it. No, not the movie, but he was good. He was really good. Yeah, some people love that movie. I'm yeah. not one. I mean, it was all right. It was a movie. Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, Ryan Coogler directed that as well. Um, I thought it was good. I don't think it was, you know, something to completely redefine the genre. But it was, you know, it was a good film. It was a good film. Um, what I what I do find hilarious is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has found a way to redeem two Human Torch's careers. Oh yeah, in Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan, yep, both you're had right. subpar performances in their respective uh, Human Torch uh, personas. That's a that's a good catch there. Since, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, has since been reborn as different characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and have absolutely killed it. Absolutely killed it. You know what? I actually do have one beef, if you don't mind. You can say multiple things. Way too many trailers in this movie. Way too many. Yes. Yes, there were. There were a lot of trailers. Um, I was a big fan of... I liked, I liked Solo. Maybe because it's got Emil Clark from Game of Thrones. That's, that could be why I'm such a uh, big fan yeah, of this. Yeah, you know, she looked pretty good with that hair, I will she say. She sounds the exact Tasty. same, so I love it. I just love her. Her, 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 her accent, the way she speaks, is just awesome to me. So... Um, on a scale of one to ten, we and obviously, like you said, we won't go into anything spoilery. And you've just seen the movie, so I know it might be a little bit harder for you to process. But if you had to, well, you know, know we initially, about, you know, I'm not going to give it a ten. I I probably mm-hmm. need to see it again, but I see no reason not to say it's at least a nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking like nine point three. Like I, I there's, seriously, there's really nothing. Like I said, there's nothing I can point to that I will say sucked. Oh, I can. I can definitely point to some stupid things. You but know, I've seen you've it three seen times. it three times. Yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the listener, tune back in to the next show because... Oh, please. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about this movie and I don't know if you heard about the other topic. Did you hear about the other topic? I did not get the chances. I didn't see that, uh, that readout yet. What's the other topic on that show? Old school hip hop. Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah, it's going to be a fun topic. And I guess Imran yeah, from Jock and Nerd is really into that. Jock and Nerd. And... I, I hear he's a little bit of a rapper, so I may have to uh, I may have to wait, rap wait, wait. battle him I'm sorry, online. When you say bust rap, like he just we're not talking lip sync battle. Like he actually spits some some freestyle off the top. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, what? Well, no, I didn't hear him rap, but uh, Anthony the Jock was on my other podcast, the Cubby yeah, Hole, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was telling me that Inram is a bit of a rapper. 
Huh. Oh, by the way, have you announced uh, what you got going on here? Did we do that last week? I haven't announced anything yet. That was that was all part of the plan. You gotta you gotta let let me let me work my magic, man. Let me let me let me let me quarterback that. I I got that. Hey, I was yeah, I had a plan to bring it up. No, you don't have to <laughs> hand it off to me. You take it yourself, Tim Tebow. The damn cat's out the bag now, ladies and gentlemen. There will be a spinoff show, and it's not the. Let's be very clear. Let's start off. From yep, the top. another spinoff show. <laughs> so there's gonna be another show, and that's not to say that I am done with Voice from the Underground. Quite contraire. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit more uh, nerdy, techy, uh, a lot more video gamey, because uh, that's kind of just what I, it's my thing. There's going to be a lot of jock stuff in there, too, because I'm, I'm back on my, on my weightlifting kick, and I'm feeling really, really good as of late. Um, I think I look fantastic, too, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Yes, another another podcast is coming. You, If you weren't tired of me, you will be very, very uh, soon. You soon will be. <laughs> uh, this podcast is going to be called Gaming Thrones. It's a very creative title. Um, done by our very own Jason uh, here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast um, that combines my love of gaming and your surprise, love of surprise, Thrones. Game of Thrones. Go figure. I don't know if anybody knew that about me, but yes, it is coming very, very soon. As a matter of fact, it's Jorge so knows soon. all about it. You guys might hear it. Our one fan, Jorge, Does knows he? all about your love of Game of Thrones. Don't worry. That's awesome. Shout out to Jorge for sticking with us long enough for me to have a spin <laughs> yep, off show. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine? He stuck around long enough to not only hear us do for months now. Does he listen to your cubbyhole? He listens oh, to the cubbyhole. I hope so. I, if I find out he's a White Sox fan, then he might have to go. <laughs> well, you don't want him to listen to it anyways, right? <laughs> you know, I'm actually really excited for your show. I think that show is going to be pretty cool. I think that it's going to have a really fun niche audience. So I, I'm actually well, really it's, excited it's for It's our show. Game Let's be very clear. You're going to be part of this, too. Don't you think I'll you come get on away the show? From this? But it's you know it's your thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you one thing: from doing the Cubbyhole podcast, it is tough to to do a podcast you know without anybody else there. Yes. Well, and talking yeah. on your own is was way harder to keep things going. I end up doing a lot of editing and yeah, I, I was a radio host. I know <laughs> taking a lot of ums out of my vocabulary. <laughs> you know, if I can give you if I can give you one piece of advice, um, you know, we we, we kind of touched on it earlier. Write yourself cliff notes. Write cliff notes. You don't have yeah, to write the whole thing write it out. down. Yeah. That's what I started doing, some cues. I got about halfway through the last episode, and I was like, you know what? I got to write some things down. I can't just do it all off the top That's of my head. Notes. I'm starting to lose my mind. Do. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not that difficult to edit it out, but it just takes a lot of time. So, you know, I kind of have to listen to every podcast twice, and I'm not sure if I'm that excited to hear my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention the fact that I get a lot less sleep, too. Sleep? What is that? Sleep is sleep is for the birds. Nobody sleeps around here. <laughs> yeah, I guess sleep is apparently for the birds and not for podcast editors. <laughs> and hey, you know what? Actually, I do have uh, a bit of an announcement. Yeah. I have actually found us a victim. No. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm using that term just jokingly. I mean, we're, we're not going to hang this guy out to dry, but I have found a conservative, finally, that is willing to come on the podcast and just talk with us just talk beautiful yeah absolutely just to talk and now this uh this gentleman's name is Dwayne Diller i came across Dwayne recently uh via facebook and how it happened was i had this guy who i've known for a long time i hung out with this guy like 2 decades ago he's a really big trump supporter and he's just pun- posting a bunch of stuff online that you know i kind of took issue with so i no let's no. just say i debunked 
And I try to do it insightfully in a calm manner. But he just kept posting meme after meme after meme. But basically what happened was he got to the point, I think, after posting some stuff on DACA, which was just really stuff that was not true. Now, you're entitled to your opinion on whatever you want that particular topic to be, but make sure that your stuff's factual. I think he started to get frustrated, and essentially what he did is he called in for reinforcements. Okay, So he tagged Dwayne into this particular conversation. Now, I see this happening, and I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, he's he's obviously going to call in some hardline right-winger who has these far-right irrational comments that are going to be stemmed in hatred. But I'm cool with it, right? What ended up happening is that Dwayne replied, and he basically came into the conversation and he said, here's what I think. Uh, I, I don't really want to have this conversation again. I've had it so many times before. Yeah. And people just don't listen. That would be fun. And his, his comments were thoughtful. His, comment, his comments were, I, I don't agree with all of it. Some of it I did. But they were rational, and I reached out to Dwayne, and I said, hey, you know, would you be willing to come on to a podcast and have some reasonable discussion? And he was all for it. He even made a comment and said, you know, reasonable is my middle name. So (laughs) I'm actually excited for this because I've been trying to get someone conservative to come on this show for God knows how long, and I've been turned down. So uh, I'm happy to announce that we're going to get him on the show, probably not. Next week, well, definitely not next week because we're going to have the Imran on, but I think the first show in March is what we're going to target and just have uh, some candid discussions and see if we can, and see if, you know, we can come to some reasonable agreements on some things. That's a taste of the voice from the underground. Hear more today on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and Apple Podcasts.